Baobulb.org is a podcasting platform and a medium for storytelling. This podcast is also available on all the major podcasting apps, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Podcast your life with Baobulb.org. Greetings, people of God. O Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you as the day rises to meet the sun. Grace and peace be to you and with your spirits as we begin the new day. People of God, let us listen together and worship together as we sing. Shine, Jesus, shine, fill this land with our Father's glory.
Let us now pray. God of grace, fold invitations. When we are with you, nothing else matters but you. And without you, nothing else matters. Lord, turn our thoughts into prayers. Turn our prayers into love. Turn our love into a life lived with you. Amen. Friends, a reading from God's word from the Old Testament, Habakkuk chapter 1, selected verses thereof. Listen now for the word of God. The prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. Habakkuk's complaint. How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Or cry out to you violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice, O God? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your eyes, Lord. You are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. It is in you, Lord, that we put our trust. Amen. People of God, as we look at South Africa and what we've endured over the last couple of weeks, having been in meetings with clergy and laity alike, reviewing and assessing the work of the church, its mission in response to the injustice and the rebuilding of our society, our lives, and the hope in God who is never shaken. I want for us to consider Habakkuk lived at a time when society was shaken by violence, just as we are. As Judah and Jerusalem sank deeper into disobedience toward God, so the fabric of national life had begun to break down. The prophet spoke into the particular build up to the invasion and ultimate destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. And while Jeremiah challenged Joachim about his corrupt ways, Habakkuk directs his passion and despair at God. Habakkuk burned with zeal for God as much as with pain for his people. He poured out his heart to God in prayer. How long, God? In his own situation, Habakkuk found himself asking timeless questions about the problem of evil and the character of God, about the apparent pointlessness of prayer and impotence of God about the oppressiveness of unrestrained violence and the silence of God. Let me remind you of verse 1 of the chapter I read. Habakkuk is given a burden in inverted commas. This is not a message that he has dreamed up himself. He neither looked for it nor likes it. It weighs heavily on him and he cannot escape the responsibility of declaring it. 
It is of God and therefore not to be ignored. Friends, Habakkuk uses two phrases which remain today the hard cry of women and men at the end of their tether as they call out to God. In verse 2, the phrase, O Lord, how long? Why? Friends, behind how long is the unspoken cry, I too have my limits, Lord. Behind why is the insistence, I must have reasons. The prophet lived in a violent society. He chose to speak in general terms about the endemic, systemic violence all around him. It's debatable, however, whether one generation is more violent than another. The biblical record suggests that violence has been pervasive and typical in human society from the earliest times. Violence does nevertheless escalate. It had escalated in the Judah and Jerusalem of Habakkuk's time. This is indicated first by the combination of horror words powdered by the prophet. Wrongdoing, trouble, destruction and violence, strife and contention. But the most profoundly disturbing aspect was what happened to the law, as in Habakkuk chapter 2, 1 to 4, the law is slacked, paralyzed, numbed. The suggestion is that this may refer to a general pervasive lawlessness in society. Habakkuk is facing the kind of situation we face today. And he begins to ask the questions we want to ask. Why then does God not do something? How long will God stand back and do nothing, say nothing? Habakkuk cries for help. God's personal intervention is the only hope. The prophet is at the point where he doubts whether God is interested in sorting out the situation. But he is also near to concluding that God is incapable of putting things right. Either possibility is too frightening to contemplate. But what if God is neither willing nor able to do anything about it? Habakkuk suggests that he personally would be very glad to be rid of the whole situation. In verse 3, there's this particular question. Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? He feels that God is rubbing his nose in all this violence. And he wants none of it. He would prefer to be out of it, but God makes him look at it, compels him to take in its force and ugliness and requires him to feel its impact on his own soul. Why do good people suffer? Why do the ungodly flourish? Why are injustice and mercy flouted with impunity? What is the point of praying? What is the point of having faith? What kind of God is he? Often our relationship with God can remain at a superficial and unreal level. We think that we dare not explode and tell God what we feel about his silence, his decisions and his ways. 
But friends, Habakkuk confronted God. God wants us to trust him with our deepest fears. God wants us to throw everything at him, not to pretend that we do not think and feel in ways which are, for a certain kind of believer, unacceptable or shocking. Habakkuk was free to be blunt with God because he had plumbed the depths and found underneath a solid foundation of the everlasting rock, God's eternal changelessness. He takes his stand to watch and wait. Whatever watching and waiting had entailed for him and however long it would be, it was before God responded. The answer came to Habakkuk in clear and unmistakable terms. Watching and waiting. David Pryor writes of watching and waiting as a fundamental ingredient of faith in God. But it is often missing amongst activist believers following a shredded lifestyle in a frenetic generation. We do not find it easy to watch or to wait. We are much better at talking and doing. A few reminders of what waiting and watching can bring. Watching and waiting firstly takes time. In an impatient, instant generation where time is money, we need the reminder to watch and wait. We may know the scripture which, which says that those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. But we urge God to hurry up and give us the answer quickly. Secondly, watching and waiting make lonely work. Habakkuk says, I will station myself on the tower, pointing to the reality of solitary, sentry duty. His dialogue with God is represented from the outset as a personal expression of the dark night of the soul. Thirdly, watching and waiting offer an alternative option. It is very clear and very easy to drive a wedge between prayer and hard thinking, between waiting on God and wrestling with intellectual problems, between relinquishing and refusing to give up. Habakkuk has said all he wants or needs to say. He has thought through over, under, and around every side of the situation. Now that he has emptied himself of himself, he is ready to hand it all and himself over to God. Fourthly, watching and waiting call for quietness. We need to listen as much as we look, especially at night. It is important to be alert to hear the slightest sound. To listen, it is necessary to have quietness internally as much as externally. The psalmist reminds us, be still and know that I am God. We need to cultivate inner stillness. Fifthly, watching and waiting require perseverance. Resolve and determination are essential to the watchman's work. Watching and waiting involve not only time but perseverance. Habakkuk perseveres in looking and listening rather than in pleading and interceding. People of God, Waiting and watching are open to correction. 
The prophet knows that God will speak very plainly and directly in response to his second complaint. His first prayer had received an extremely robust response and Habakkuk had pulled no punches in his own reply. So we expected God to reprimand and correct him. God looks not just for honesty, but also for humility. And so friends, we know that if we choose to listen, our lives will have to change. Are you willing to change? I encourage you as we continue into this day that we ought to pray fervently and sincerely for those in authority, those who have great responsibility while realizing it is only Christ by the work of the Spirit who can fully transform both individuals and society. In the name of Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Friends, instead of an intercessory prayer, I thought that we would listen with intention to the Teze worship, the song which is, O Lord, hear my prayer and answer me. benediction. God, send us into this world to be agents of hope amidst despair, to be agents of justice amidst injustice, agents of transformation and renewal as the Spirit breathes new life into each one of us. May the Lord grant us strength and peace that we may proclaim Good news to all people now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe.